Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. I tell y'all what, right now, we got the NBA playoffs going on. I've actually had some pretty good games. The stock market looks like it's actually rebounding this week. Thank God, because that correction was terrible. Nevertheless, even with that, I've had a very, very good week, and I certainly hope you have as well. All right, so I'm going to start off today's show, as I always do, by mentioning to you about my social media page that I have on Facebook, which you can find if you type in R-Y-L now. That's the word R spelled out, Y-L now. It's on Facebook. I post there most days. I do not post here. If you actually like what you're seeing, obviously enjoy the content here. Give me a like and follow there. If you see anything on the page that again, you actually like or want to respond to liking my page, liking the content I put on there goes a long way. It helps others know and reaches other people. So that way they can obviously appreciate the content too. And if you leave me a comment, I promise On most cases, almost every case, I do respond. So I appreciate your feedback if you're willing to do that at my Facebook page, R-Y-L now. All right, to get into today's show, going to get into a little bit of nerd talk. So my apologies if you have yet to jump on this nerd train. We got plenty of room on here. We're not going to discriminate from people who want to get on, who may be late to the party. Feel free, jump on board get excited with us. But I wanted to start off because the biggest, most well-known gaming event of the year is coming up on June 12th. And I wanted to talk about what video games and other things I would like to see shown at this event. And of course, we all know that event is called E3. But before I get into that, let me give a quick background on the event for anyone listening who might not have heard or even know what E3 is actually all about. So brief history lesson. E3, also known as Electronic Entertainment Expo, started all the way back in the ancient year of 1995 on May 11th. Before it was known as E3, it was called CES or Consumer Electronics And it was basically where a mix of electronic items from car alarms to video games came together. The issue with this was consumer electronics had no idea or clue for that matter what to do with the video game product simply because the industry wasn't that big back then. And yes, I know that's hard to believe, but back in the 90s, it hadn't exactly caught fire the way it has today. And of course, CES really didn't value the video game part of their business like that anyway. They kind of just had them there like that one member of your family you have to invite, not because you really care for them, but because it would totally give away how you feel about them. 
Anyway, during that time, there was a lot of investigations happening in the Senate that eventually caused the game makers, also known as IDSA or Interactive Digital Software Association, to go their separate way from CES and decided to start their own show. The first show had every video game company known to man at that time. Really, it was just Nintendo and uh, for the kids out there who may not know this, um, it had Sega, also known as Sonic nowadays. And it had a pretty good turnout, too, of about 50,000 people. That show started in L.A. and it has gone around to different cities over the years. But for the most part, it's always been based in L.A. And that's pretty much a quick overview of the event and its history. Now that we've talked about how A3 came to be, let's dive into what I would like to see in the show. You all know that I love to make lists. So yes, this is going to be in list format. So the first thing off the top that I would like to see at the show are new CPU processors. So for all for every for every gamer out there or anybody who plays video games on the PC, we all know how crucial having a processor is to your gameplay. With the recent chip shortage that the semiconductor space has suffered, if any chip company comes out and showcases a new processor, then everyone there may lose their shit. Just letting you know, everybody there might go crazy. Yes. We PC gamers love the latest processors that the AMD and Intel has put out, but new ones would be great. They don't have to announce it that it's coming out for this year, but just the knowledge of new ones coming out at all at some point will do for now. So that's my fifth thing I'm looking for. The fourth thing that I would look for is if, well, Sega comes out with a new Sonic the Hedgehog game. So this pick is mostly for my son, since he's a huge Sonic fan, but it has been a while since Sonic has had a video game come out that wasn't an app game, and for the love of all is holy, Sonic Racing does not count either. The Sonic movie was a huge hit when it came out, so much so that I think I read somewhere that Netflix is in the works to make a Sonic show. And if that's the case, this will be the perfect time for Sega to come out with a video game for our Blue Hedgehog friend. If not now, then we might just have to continue to enjoy Sonic on the big screen or in app form. My number three on my list of things I would like to see at E3 would be a new Street Fighter game. So the latest the last, excuse me, Street Fighter game came out in 2018, and I'm not going to lie, I wasn't too hyped about it. I still own and play Street Fighter V over that one, and it's mainly because even though the 2018 30th anniversary game had every Street Fighter character in it, it just felt like Capcom was like, well, Street Fighter's been out for 30 years now, so... Let's just make this game, throw all the characters that we've ever had into it, and release it to the people, and hopefully they'll buy it. And some people did. But the thing that made Street Fighter V better than that game was that it gave us a different feel 
to the game, which I really enjoyed. So hopefully Capcom would announce they're making a new one because I think other fans of Street Fighter will love to see it too. My second thing I would like to see come out at E3 is a trailer for the new Nintendo Switch 2 with, hopefully, a new Legend of Zelda for it. With Sony and Microsoft having already launched their new gaming consoles late last year, it was smart, in my opinion anyway, for Nintendo to wait until later to announce their new console. And what better way to do it than doing it during E3? They could steal the show by revealing this. And if they also doing that trailer also show clips of a new Legend of Zelda game for it, it will be just a cherry on top of announcing and showing the new system. Nintendo has done a great job of carving out its own niche in the console landscape, and this will help to keep them right at the forefront of gamers' mind with a move like this. And I really actually hope they do it. My number one thing that I want to see at E3 and this is strictly, strictly for me, is the new Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 trailer. So I put this one, number one, since I love the remake for the PS4, pre-ordered it, by the way, and mastered the game <laughs> um, and everything, and I'm so ready for the second part of this game to come out. A trailer for it and release date would be amazing and hopeful news that when it comes out, it will also be for the PS4 and 5. If it's just for the PS5, then I guess at some point I'll have to buy a PS5. Yes, I currently do not have a PS5. I, I'm still rocking my 4. I don't, I'm poor y'all. I know, I, I know y'all hear me in here talking about the stock market and finance and all this stuff. And you think, wow, that man has money. Nope. Don't have no money. That's why I got a PS4. But anyway, I currently do not have a PS5, um, but that will make my E3 experience just that much more enjoyable if they release, if they announce that they're also going to release it for the four. Um, if you haven't played the remake yet and you're a Final Fantasy lover or just enjoy playing JRPGs, then all I have to say is what the hell are you waiting for? Let's hope we see this at E3 also. All right, let's segue to this. So the NBA playoffs are going on. Actually, as we speak, I think as I'm recording right now, I believe the Memphis Grizzlies um, are playing the Utah Jazz. And before I dive into it, let's recap real quick about how wrong I was about who was going to make it back when I talked about it in episode 29. In the East, I had Charlotte making the playoffs and Boston not making it. But, of course, that didn't happen. Boston made it. Getting drugged by Brooklyn. But anybody was going to get drugged by Brooklyn, honestly, in the first round. So, And then Charlotte, of course, didn't make it. Um, I did have Washington making it. So I did get that one right, but just not um, my Charlotte pick. And in the West, I had Golden State beating Memphis to get to the last play-in spot, and that didn't happen either. Now, I will say I'm actually excited that my current favorite NBA player, John Morant, made it, and that he's getting some shine 
So let's start with that playoff series. I was actually just mentioning it. Um, Memphis won the first game and checking the box score. Now the jazz actually has them beat right now. So the jazz are probably going to tie it up one, one and look, we all know that Utah being the number one seed in the West and really for all the basketball, the entire year, there was a slim, very slim chance that Memphis was going to pull this upset, especially now that Donovan Mitchell is actually back playing. Um, I, again, I, I love John Morant. As I mentioned, in, as I mentioned before, he definitely should have been, in my opinion, he should have been a number one pick. The kid is, is simply spectacular, and there's a reason why his team has made the playoffs for his first two years, or at least been in playoff contention. They didn't make it last year, but at least they got into the play, the play in. There's a reason why his team has done that for the last two years, and Zion's team, even though they have just as much, you could probably argue more talent, isn't. And I think that's a large part because of him. Having said that, they're not going to beat Utah. I think they can, you know, make it a respectable series, a six-game series. But Utah is ultimately going to win that one. Just too much. I mean, that team is really good on defense and and really good from the outside when they get to hidden. Um, so does that. I think, as we talked about, we don't have to talk about the Brooklyn series. That's over with. We don't have to talk about the 76 and the Wizards series. That's over with. So those series don't have to talk about. Other series that also, and hold on, wait. One series that shouldn't be over but feels really over is the Clippers and the Mavericks. Who in the hell thought the Mavericks would be up on the Clippers 0-2? Not me. I actually picked the Clippers to win that series. And right now, the Mavericks are just kicking the Clippers' ass. The Clippers, and I don't know if this is true or not, I'm just going by things that I've read and what I've heard, tanked so that way they wouldn't have to play the Lakers in the first round. Therefore, ended up getting Dallas and then thinking they're going to you know, have a better matchup with Dallas. And right now, nobody on the Clippers can stop Luka. Luka is looking like and probably is the best player in that series. So I don't know what the Clippers have to do, but they better quick, fast, in a hurry, find some mojo because the games are going back to Dallas because they lost both games in L.A. So um, the Mavericks might actually beat them. We're going to see, though, if the Mavericks, if the Clippers do not win game three, then, yeah, the Mavericks are going to beat them. As far as Suns and Lakers, look, we already know that series. I picked the Lakers to beat the Suns anyway, but now that uh, Chris Paul is hurt, man, I feel bad. Every time Chris Paul gets to the playoffs, he, his body just betrays him. Like, he just gets hurt. Like, he can never finish a whole NBA season not being hurt. He's good up until the, play, to the playoffs, and then his body just says, nah, bro, you're going to have to sit this one out. So... Without him, I mean, with him, it was maybe going to be a six, maybe a seven-game series. But without him, yeah, the Suns aren't. Yeah, this is probably Lakers are probably going to take them out in five. And then, like we talked about the other one, the Knicks and the Hawks. I almost forgot about that one. Not because I actually can't stand New York Knicks fans. 
I can't. They are some of the most delusional, just, fan. I mean, the Knicks haven't won a championship. The, the last time they won a championship, my mother was just born. Actually, nope. She was two years away from being born. I haven't seen the Knicks be relevant in my lifetime. Yes, I do know they made the finals back in 1999. There was a strike shortened season and they still got spawned by the San Antonio Spurs. So, I mean, they haven't been relevant in quite some time. But in their series with Atlanta, they're currently tied 1-1. I believe I picked the uh, Hawks to win that series. I mean, uh it can go either way. That's kind of a pick em series, to be honest. I'll still ride with the Hawks. Um, the Knicks came back today when the Hawks actually were beating them by quite a bit and outplaying them, honestly. And the Knicks came back and won that game. So we'll see. That That's, that's going to be a good entertaining series. Trey Young's coming out. You know, all these young stars are coming out playing spectacular, which I think is really good for the NBA that we have young stars that are actually coming out and doing their thing. And then the other two series, the last two series that are being played right now, you have the Bucks and the Heat. Look, the Heat just don't have it this year. They just don't have enough. When I mentioned um, about Victor Oladipo being hurt and he was actually supposed to be a huge addition to their team and now he can't play, I just think the Bucks, especially now that they actually added Drew Holiday, to the mix. Yeah, the, the Bucks just don't have it. I mean, the Heat, excuse me, just don't have it this year. So the Bucks, I think the Heat will get a game. I think Jimmy Butler, he's been playing terrible so far in this series. He's going to get good enough. He'll get you one, but the Bucks are just too much. They're going to, they're going to beat the Heat in probably five. And then the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. I picked Denver in that series simply because I thought Jokic was just going to be the best player in that series. He's, Probably going to win MVP this year. I would have gave it to Joel, Joel Embiid, but I get it. Joel's been too hurt, and Jokic has been available this whole year. So he's going to win MVP. And even though Portland did beef on the first game, Denver came back and showed exactly getting why they were a higher seed, and Jokic, you know, just did his thing. So I still think it's going to be a competitive series. I picked Denver, I think, in seven games. With that, and they have home court, so Denver will get Denver will get them. It's not a knock to Damian Lillard. He's amazing. I like a lot of those players in their team. Nuggets, CJ McCullough. I obviously love Melo being back in the league. He should have never been out of the league, but anyway. But still, I just think Denver will have too much for him. And that series right now is tied one one. Yeah, I mean the playoffs, the NBA playoffs has been quite actually interesting, entertaining this year. So I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to the rest of these games. As it goes on, we'll talk, you know, second round when that comes up and then conference finals. And then once we get to the second, once we get to the conference finals, I'll give y'all, yeah, I might give y'all who I think is going to win the finals. Or at least I'll give y'all who I think is going to get there. And then once the teams actually get to the finals, then, you know, we'll pick that. I know I've said Brooklyn and the Lakers in the past, but let's see how this shapes out. The Lakers, even though they've beaten their tie 1-1 with Phoenix, they actually have not played their best basketball. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that one. All right. Before we get out of here, let's get into my what the hell did you just say 
winner this time. And honestly, this winner goes to a group of people. There's not one person who this belongs to. This just belongs to a group of people. And these are the group of people who is trying to suggest that the January 6th insurrection was the same as the Black Lives Matter protest over the summer of 2020. So, so what can I, the fact that people are even trying to make these things comparable is utterly laughable. And again, I'm going to leave the organization over here to the side for a second and talk about what the movement was actually about. The movement was about seeing another unarmed black man, George Floyd, just yesterday, I believe, was his one year, was a one year anniversary of him being uh, killed. So certainly um want to pay my respects to that young man and his family and on that anniversary, but was the sole reason why those protests started on top of the years of oppression that has been shown not only to minorities as far as blacks, but other minorities in this country. The Now, again, there were riots and things that happened in looting. There was that. You're absolutely right. And even though I get the voice of the rioters. I'm one of those people who think that yes, rioting and looting is not always the best thing to do because it can dilute your message. But having said that, even though that was taking place, here's what that happening was different than the January 6th insurrection. We, those, we were marching and protesting to try to get equal rights and to get fairness finally from not only law enforcement, but from this country. Whereas the January 6th folk were upset that their president lost, or sorry, the president, excuse me, don't want to disrespect him. I know some people said that's not my president, but he was, let's be factual about it. But anyway, that the president that they voted for lost by the way, by the electoral college and that they felt that they wanted to take over the country. So they thought, hey, let's hold a coup, march on Capitol and make them and basically scare them into keeping him in power. In ours, we weren't asking to keep anybody in power. We weren't even trying to take over the country. We just actually wanted people to actually hear what we were saying. And for that, we were vilified, called thugs, called un-American, unpatriotic, even though this whole country was founded by opposing rule and the status quo. So for everybody out there who might even be listening to this show, who thinks that the January 6th insurrection was the same or even in the same stratosphere as the Black Lives Matter movement, you, ma'am and sir, deserves this week's what the hell that you just say. All right, good people. That's it for today's show. I certainly hope you enjoyed it. Again, 
If you enjoyed the show, like the content, go to my Facebook page at RYL Now. Give me a like, follow, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your co-workers, tell anybody you talk to. Tell them to tune in. I appreciate y'all listening and the support. I will talk to you all next week. Peace.